Carnivorous couch, shit happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch with Brady and Rob. Hi everybody, hi everybody, hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of Carnivorous Couch, the spoiler-full podcast where we do a film a week from two film geeks. This week we have Brady, as per usual, and also... Grandy. ...who uh, suggested this 2006 film, Southland Tales, uh, which we watched, and it was trippy. It certainly was. Yeah, quite trippy. Did you think it was trippy, Grandy? Uh, Yeah, it was quite surreal. So, uh, I'm probably going to do the plot synopsis, I guess, unless Grandy wants to do it, but uh, uh, Brady, why don't you list some of the names of people who are in this movie? Oh, okay. Well, the, there are a lot of actors. It's a big ensemble, and the the most interesting thing is how many of them are uh, comedic actors. Not just comedic actors, but a lot of comedians from SNL. Uh, so, let's see. You've got uh, Sean William Scott. Uh, of Stifler fame, Stifler from the American Pie. Uh, not that he's an SNL comedian, but uh, he's in this. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Amy Poehler, uh, Wood Harris, who played Avon Barksdale in The Wire, Sherry O'Terry from Saturday Night Live. Uh, did I, I said John Lovitz, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, John Larroquette, Christopher Lambert, which Rob I thought, noticed. I thought Idris Elba was... Uh... Oh, Avon Barksdale. Not, yeah, uh, not, not Stringer Bell. Not Stringer Bell. Sorry, Black Simile. <laughs> uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, you know, I'd say our three major leads are Sarah Michelle Gellar, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Sean William Scott. Uh, but it is very ensemble heavy. Uh, you've got uh, Miranda Richardson, I think. Uh, you've got the guy who plays the father in Donnie Darko, uh, but I'm blanking on his name. Uh, yeah, lots of people. Lots, lots of people. people. Yeah, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, Justin Timberlake, of course. Yeah, our narrator, and also plays a, a physical role as a soldier. Right. Okay. So I guess I'll start off with the plot synopsis. Basically, uh, two bombs were dropped in uh, the U.S. sometime in early 2008 or late 2007. Um, anarchy ensued. In order to quell the population, the government set up a police state, um, and they took over the internet with a U.S. ident, so now they can kind of identify and track everybody, and it's kind of a big brother sort of thing going on. And what happens is uh, they have to make this big offshore uh, tidal energy machine in order to uh, power all this stuff and it wirelessly beams power to all the machines so everybody can be you know watched over shot if they need to be shot etc all the normal stuff you do in a police state and um basically this machine starts ripping holes in the fabric of time and space uh which is problematic because uh well you get time loops and uh our, our main protagonist Dwayne the Rock Johnson um he starts off in the middle of the desert, and he knows all this stuff. Uh, we don't know why he knows all these things or what the hell he's doing. But basically, uh, 
I say basically a lot, and I've been hearing that with callers on Loveline, and I go, like, I should stop doing that. Um, <laughs> so simply put, <laughs> um, he finds out that there are these two twins who they're trying to reunite. But the thing is, is that the two twins are not twins, they're doubles. Uh, because he went through one of the time portals, or one of the rips in uh, time and space, uh, with this guy in, in the back of the car. And then his past self in the desert by Lake Mead got his memory wiped from coming into contact with his double. Then he told him all the stuff that happens over the next three days, or 69 hours as it were. And uh, then he writes a screenplay. He meets this character played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, who's a real Kim Kardashian type. She's got her own energy drink fashion line. Um, and she her own reality TV show. So him and her write a screenplay about all the things that are to come. And she's saying, like, I'm prophesizing, but really she's just listening to what he told her because he's from the future. And uh, then... That's where we be. That's where we step into the movie, basically, and uh, we watch everything play out. And the two Sean William Scott doubles get together, shake hands. The fourth dimension collapses upon itself, and um, then we go back to the loop in Lake Mead and start over again. Also, the drugs. Tell us about the drugs. Oh, I don't know. It was it was hard for me to just be able to get out like the time loop part. Oh, yeah. Do you okay. want to add this stuff about the uh, the feminists and the neo-Marxists and the druggy soldiers? I mean, like, each character has his own little thing going on, right? Like, right. Sean William yeah. Scott's character, he was a soldier in... Um, Fallujah. Fallujah, who accidentally injured uh, John, Justin Timberlake's character with friendly fire. And so now he takes a lot of drugs, and that's really uh, kind of William Gibson or Philip K. Dickey sort of imagery. Uh, then there's also Sarah Michelle Geller character was competing with the Mandy Moore character who was like the daughter of the politician. She's marrying The Rock. Oh, uh, right. Already married. They're oh, yeah, husband and wife. Married. Right. Yeah. And so she's all pissed off because, you know, the, the future Rock with the memory wiped um, is all hanging out. With her. <laughs> There's also a, a big, uh, presumably drug-induced music video with Justin Timberlake lip-syncing to The Killers. Uh, uh, shoot, all these things I've done. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like a slowed-down version of the song, too. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's mostly the same. Oh, okay. Maybe that was an earlier song in there that was slowed down. Anyway, lots of stuff happens, but the general story is what I said. Yes. <laughs> no, no, you are you are correct. All right, it's a very dense movie. Yeah, I mean, there's no way I could do a plot synopsis on it <laughs> after seeing it once. Yeah, not cohesively. Okay, let's see if I... Brady, prattle on for a little bit more about maybe some other things while I try and get my shit together here. Um, Other things, what other things can I say? There are so many actors in this. Uh, the, the guy from... Thumb sucker, I think. Is oh, it? Oh yeah, that was a good movie. Uh, yeah, okay, I think I got. It? I think I got this. Uh, should we do the Lou Pucci? <laughs> this thing. 
Uh, it didn't work. Well, go on, Brady. Go on. Um. Okay. Uh. Yeah. There's a. <laughs> I'm just gonna get out all I have to say about this movie in like little tiny bursts. Um. <laughs> uh, but uh, one of the characters is called Taverner, and that is the last name of uh, the main character in a Philip K. Dick book, which happens to be the only one I read. Uh, but it's uh, Blow My Tears, the policeman said, which actually also gets recited as a line in the movie. But suffice to say, this movie is, I think, pretty packed with allusions to other sci-fi properties. Okay, now let's see if this works. Hey, 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 how do we like it? It does. But you can go on with your point. Oh, no, that's it. Uh, I I think this has a lot of allusions. Oh, yes, there's a lot of Philip K. Dick and blah, 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 blah. Hey, Grandy, how do you like this movie? I, I liked it a lot. I give it a like at least a uh, at least a A. Um, just a great other ensemble cast that uh, really I thought worked together pretty solidly. Um, and I just like the story and how you kind of gotta watch it twice to really take it in. Uh, it's always appealing to me. Some of my favorite movies are like that. Well, you have to announce me. I'm not going unless you announce me. Announce Who yourself, you? Larson. Darby. <laughs> uh, Brady, what did you think of this movie? Um, I like it too. I, I can't give it the A. Uh, I think what I like about it is also its problem is it is, as Grandy said, very, very, very dense. Uh, and the good thing is the more I think about it, I think, uh, and Grandy said this and can vouch, if you go back to it, I think those pieces are all there, so it's all connected. But at the same time, it's a lot, a lot, a lot to keep track of. But what I like about it is it kind of almost has this feeling, and maybe this is better saved for, for what's it all about, but it has this feeling of kind of like a collage. Uh, I, I was looking at the Metacritic on it, and uh, one of my, you know, I don't normally quote other critics, but I liked this line. Uh, Manola Darges from the New York Times described it as kind of, like a bunch of imagery from like the Bush era and what was going on then, like a pinata full of that that just exploded, just like a, in a colorful big explosion of, of kind of like a time capsule of what was going on during that time with the Iraq War and our fears of uh, the stuff that's kind of still prescient today, like internet crackdowns, crackdowns on internet privacy, uh, energy crises, always the threat of, of a nuclear catastrophe happening. Uh, so yeah, it kind of has this cool collage feeling, uh, and that I like. And it's also very, very entertaining. Uh, and it, in that way, what it puts me most in mind of is uh, Cloud Atlas from a couple years ago, which is also like a really messy film, but one that has a lot of heart. Uh, and I think this is comparable to that. So my grade, I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna give it a, a B. But uh, I think it would be fun to watch again, and I think I will in the future. Cool. Yeah, no, I also thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, it does feel like it muddies the lines between being able to understand what the hell is going on uh, and uh, and are we funny or are we serious here? Because um, there's a lot of stuff where it's just like the the line in there, like, what, what was it? Because uh, I'm a pimp and pimps don't commit suicide, <laughs> yeah. right? Which is just like apropos of nothing. It's just like all of a sudden, like everybody in the movie starts saying that line, which is hilarious. 
because it plays with just the idea of like I don't know, uh, kind of group mentality. Everybody glomming on to the same sort of thing. Oh yeah, which maybe is what what the film's about. But I mean, it's it's just also apropos of nothing, and it's just like, well, we have Dwayne the Rock Johnson. We have to have him say something like that. And then, like, also the way that he plays his character, like, at first I'm just like, oh, okay, they're bad actors. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, they're acting like bad actors. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, and then I was like, well, wait, I'm confused. Because he's always running around and he, like, puts his fingers together like Monty Burns, but not, like, in an evil, I have figured out the plan way. It's just, like, I am totally freaked out and I'm, like, <laughs> running around like like a bodybuilder in a... Uh, in a tutu, basically, and just like, eh, somebody's got shot in front of me. Okay, I'm gonna go. Um, and then, like, yeah, the Justin Timberlake music video was pretty great. Yeah, that, that might be my favorite scene. <laughs> I think I really like that. Well, I think that's just kind of like what he wants to do. He's like, I just want to pop up in movies and make a music video that's all Lebowski esque to it. And also, all those dancers. Um, and the music video is very. Uh, Kind of has this very, like rah rah American yeah. feel to it, but in a subversive way. Like he's got the Budweiser yeah. and the flags everywhere. Yeah, and he's just, but he's just kind of just like being a voracious dick, yeah. almost while he's doing it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's when he walks around, he flips off the camera. And he, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's just kind of like pouring beer into his face and throwing the cans and stuff. It's just like yeah, America, <laughs> right. Yeah, and also, and also the killers like it always feels like such a band of that time as well. I remember just being out of college or just yet. Yeah, it oh, really yeah. does have this feel of of that time. Yeah, so uh, very very interesting. I, th- I think I give it a B plus. Good show. B plus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Capital. Capital. Um. Yeah, but that like opening sequence just looks like like this this film probably would have made a better video game than a film. <laughs> I think that you could play through all these levels and have the story unfold on screen most of the time and just have little breaks where you get to interact and it would have been really cool because uh I don't know, all the title sequences and like news updates and stuff like that basically look like title sequences and news updates and menus for like video games. <laughs> Richard Kelly is listening, and now he's starting a video game Kickstarter for Southland Tales. <laughs> exactly. I'd play it. That, I think it would actually that'd be, be, that'd yeah, be, be interesting. Yeah. I think it would trip me right out. Okay, so what's it all about? What's it all about? Uh, oh, are we going the same order as the thing? Do we no, start I think with we're going to go with you, Brady. I think, yeah, I, what I said before, that what it's all about is to steal from from Dargis. It's an exploding pinata of references to all that made us afraid, all that was kind of going on in the the time of, you know, 2004-ish, I'd say, kind of second Bush term. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's, it's a time capsule of, of all of our fears of, of Iraq, the Iraq war, of what was going on with technology and censorship. And it, yeah, and it kind of does this in a very fun way while also paying homage uh, to some other sci-fi, uh, probably a lot that I don't know, uh, but, but you can tell that it's kind of uh, paying homage to the Philip K. Dick stories and using that in a fun way to kind of refract what was happening during that time. So, yeah. yeah, and it does kind of also have that element of just like glomming, like glomming on to stuff, 
or um, just like, you know, each successive person who either is in power or isn't just kind of goes with it. It's like, okay, everybody's doing this now. All right. I'm in two, you know, and yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Just like how, when it becomes like, oh, oh, we got to stop them, them neo-Marxists. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah. Neo-Marxist bad. Okay, let's go. Go America, everybody. Just follow the status quo sort of thing. Like there's a there's a little underlying current of that I think in there, where uh, and then there's the people who are actually major players like the uh, the uh, future uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> I'm just gonna call him Dwayne. Um, the man who would be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there's the future him uh, who's a main player, and there's the um, the police officer. What's his name? Taverner. Mm-hmm. Who uh, and then Roland Tavner, Roland Tavner, the police officer, and then his quote, 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 unquote, twin brother, uh, Ronald, Ronald, and these guy, oh, Roland and Ronald, those are anagrams for each other, indeed. Um, but these guys are the one, and also I guess the uh, Sarah Michelle Geller person who's prophesizing, although she's not. Oh rich. yeah, because she's, she's like kind of stealing. Right? Yeah, no, she's stealing all that shit from future Dwayne the Rock Johnson who told her all that and then she's like I'm making a prophecy about what's gonna happen oh yeah okay or maybe he told her and then she wiped his memory or something maybe that's how he got his memory wiped I'm not quite sure no I think he is memory wiped just from the interacting with himself yeah and then he told himself well he didn't that guy hadn't gone through the time rift yet that's the past Dwayne the Rock Johnson he goes through the time rift and then gets blown up in the truck the past one got blown up in the truck. No, no, the future one gets blown up in the truck. No. Oh. And then there's also... I thought he told the past one all the, all that he knew. The past one got his memory wiped. Then he gets told all the stuff that he knows. Then, well... It, it's never made clear why he uh, knew what was going to happen in the in the future. I thought it was because he went through it and then told the past guy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm actually not. Sure. I'm not. I'm not. Positive. Yeah, that or it's only the future guy who goes back, and then it's the only the future guy who survives. And the past guy always dies, so it's a paradox. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all about paradoxes, basically. Oh uh, yeah, no, no, it is. There's a lot of that. I think my explanation makes it a little neater and tidier, but I guess that's not what this movie's about. This movie is not about being tidy. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's really not. Uh, but I, I kind of called it, though, like, about maybe 20 minutes before the movie was over. I'm like, wait, this is the guy who did Donnie Darko. And uh, we've got, like, the metaphysics and things are being torn in the fabric of time. I'm like, I, I feel a time loop coming on. There's a time loop. <laughs> I feel a time Uh-oh, I feel <laughs> Take some vitamin C if you feel okay. a time loop. Look, what's going to happen is, is we normally travel along this straight line of time. Uh, we're about to... Go through this curve up here that's shaped like a Klein bottle. Okay. Yeah, no, it's like the podcast itself is going to go through it. All right, Roland Tavener, one, two, three, theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Somebody's getting a... Uh, a. Uh, oh, we have a special guest caller in her. Oh, a young up dick. <laughs> Philip <know>. K? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's who Being it was. a Philip K dick. Um, so yeah, so this movie is about paradoxes then, 
and Zelda. Hi, JP. You're on Carnivorous Couch. Oh, well, hey, I'm outside. Oh, well, we wanted we wanted to have a caller. Uh, sorry. Uh, well, um, you could make well, this dream come true. Uh, we're podcasting. Here, we're going to take a quick break, and I'll let you in. We'll figure, I'll go on with my spiel about how this is all about paradoxes, and, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like we were saying before, uh, this movie is about paradoxes. It's about, uh, just going gung-ho with the crowd. It's about the corruption of those in power, even though they're supposed to be politicians, even though they're supposed to be voting, you know... Everybody's fucked up, or everybody's got some sort of compromising thing involved with whatever they're trying to put out there to show the semblance. I mean, basically, like, all the people in power, what they're trying to do is they're trying to create the facade that even though we've got, like, a total, like, military police state, that um, you still have a choice, and you still have an option, and you're going to vote for this guy because you want to. And so the fear is if they take the uh, Dwayne character and... uh, once again, that's Dwayne Rock. Uh, the Dwayne character, and they, um, he gets corrupted somehow. Then they won't pick him, and they won't have their puppet, and everything will be. I keep popping the mic, uh, and everything will be, uh, you know, problematic for them. Anyway, yeah, that's what that's what it's about, man, man. Well, I, I thought it was all about more whatever. What was that really short guy's name? The the lead scientist. I thought it was more about how inconceivable. He, yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, that guy. About how he just as a scientist was controlling everything that was going on behind the scenes, and how one fellow can well, he made the kind of thing. do what he wants and when he wants. Uh, to orchestrate uh, all of the madness that was going on there. Because everybody was working for him for the most part, even if they didn't realize it. Right, because he made the power thing. So the power thing makes it so that he controls everything. He, you know, he who controls the power of the machines gets to control who gets the whatnot with the everything because the technology don't work unless it's got power. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, like like we say, normal energy. hoverboards can't go over water, man. They don't have enough power. <laughs> What's you need a from? pit bull. Back to Future Two. Oh yeah. Whoa. What other movie has hoverboards? Um, I don't know. None. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, and also since Rob said paradoxes, let's also talk about. Kind of uh, a metaphorical paradox that was becoming big at the time and has only become bigger, and that's politics with entertainment. Metaphorical. Entertainment collapsing with stuff. That's kind of in there, too, with uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's show. Because they talk about current events, right? But it's a very The View type of talk show thing. Oh, right. And and the actor is running for... (laughs) (laughs) Do do you think teen horniness is a serious issue? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's another very uh, an issue that was becoming big at the time, and 
is big now. Well, I mean, that's, that's like it's a really facetious way of looking at it because to say teen horniness is an issue is like, hey, this thing that is is a problem for like this thing that just is wait, wait. with everyone is a problem for I, us. When, when I say an issue that was big then and has become bigger now, I I didn't mean teen horniness. Um, oh, I thought you I've, met your cock. No, no, or? The, the the blurring line between news and entertainment, but also oh. teen horniness. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I was on teen horniness. Well, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a teen. I can't speak to their horniness anymore. It's sad. So it's, it's not a cur- issue currently. Yeah, because for, for you, it doesn't affect me. <laughs> what was one of the other issues? Uh, oh, wait, it was one of the things they said was like, if <laughs> so, if if you take the morning after pill at 11 p.m. in uh, New York and then you fly to California. Does it become the morning before pill? <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's quite a realization. But I mean, basically, that's a really interesting point. It's a really interesting joke to be made because actually the morning after pill is the same as the morning before pill. It's just like a higher dose of dose of Depo-Provera in order to keep the egg from implanting. So they're actually literally the same thing as the, uh, you know... That's the one that you take daily mm. beforehand. Whoa. So is that a commentary on that? No, I don't think the authors had that in mind. But uh, just for those of you out there, little uh, sex ed from Carnivorous Couch. <laughs> <laughs> I, Rob is just going to go door to door. I'm going to do a sister podcast called Carnivorous Vagina. <laughs> And see how many people, yeah. The vagina dentata. Yes, exactly. With the teeth. Freud. Croc. What is this croc? <laughs> <laughs> That's a David Shalin joke. It is. We should have him on the pellet. We should. Mm. Okay. Do you want to go somewhere? Do you want to? Yeah. Let's uh. Let's go do understudy. We're so sorry we couldn't get the actors to do the scene from this screenplay, but we've got two understudies, and to be honest, they're probably more famous anyway. So try to catch the actors, try to guess the movies, tweet us at C A R N Y Couch. This game called Understudy is happening, happening, happening right now. Wow. Yeah, she's a beauty, ain't she? Yes, what kind of gun is this? That's a tranquilizer gun. If any of these little fuckers decide to freak out on the kids, I get to take them down. Ain't that right, Pompey? What? That's what I thought. Shut up. Hey. Be careful with that, Pilgrim. That's the most powerful trank gun on the market. Got her in Mexico. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. They say it could puncture the skin of a rhino from a hundred... Ow! Yes, that's awesome. Uh, What? You just took one in the jugular, Pilgrim. (laughs) Whoa. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I did. Is this bad? 
Is this bad? You should go ahead and pull that one out. Wait. That shit's not cool. Wait. Wait. That dart, pilgrim. You got a fucking dart in your neck. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. I like you, but you're crazy. I feel tired. That was undecided. Tweet us your answer at C-A-R-N-Y Couch. Hey everybody, everybody, we're back. I can't wait until I can get those uh those sort of segment themes actually piped through the mixing board and so then you guys don't have to hear them just bleeding off a mic. It'd be cool to not have that. Bleeding mics. Bleeding mics. Were there, were there any bleeding mics in this movie? There um, may have been. There was a lot going on. I there was a lot going on. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, the, like, the neo-Marxists who were also... Uh, yeah, the neo-Marxists. Okay, so the little neo- subplot line where you know they're trying to—they're using the twin brother to try and get a video to blackmail the government people. Right, and they're trying to get a video of uh, them committing a murder, right? But a staged murder. Yeah, basically, there's a interracial couple who are faking. Um, they're 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 faking that they just got married and that they hate each other. And so they try to set it up so it's a domestic disturbance, and they're going to take the twin brother of the cop, because at this point we don't know that they're the same person, and that they have uh, two different vessels which are carrying the same soul because the fourth dimension is collapsing upon itself. So at any rate, they're going to take the twin brother and uh, have him shoot blanks, and then like they're going to use squibs to make it look like they were shot, and they're going to have Dwayne there. So Dwayne, the little pawn in the uh, leadership's uh, sort of thing, who's going to be like their candidate um, and their supporter of their Republican Party, uh, going to get a picture of him filming a racial, racially motivated cop killing. Especially since they had him say beforehand, he's like, really? I'm just looking out to get the N-words. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's what happened. But it all goes horribly wrong, right? Yeah, because I think Cause Sherry O'Terry, uh of SNL fame. Yeah. Uh, she is a more she's also, rabid. She's also neo Marxist, right? Yeah, but mm-hmm. she's so she but she's got her own ideas, I, I guess, for how she wants things to go. So she Wait, was it her like the one who did the cheers on Because doesn't she but be, she betrays them by having John Lovitz actually Shoot, John Lovitz oh, is a police she, officer. Does she do that, or does the uh, feminist chick do that? Well, because then after Lovitz wants to, uh, I think Lovitz and O'Terry have sex, so it's like they're in bed together, oh. both literally and oh, okay. So, so she's just gonna sleep with John Lovitz. So she's on the rollerblades with the other guy, right? Yes. And the other guy gets run over by the car, but not by her. Yeah, uh, this the skinny one. That's the one that runs him over, the 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 crazy one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, beats up the guy in the ice cream truck. 
for right. not accepting a personal check. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. But that's not the one that had Lovitz murder them for real. It was the other one. The fem- the super feminist one? Yeah, the same one that tasered the dude in yeah, the balls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Christine uh, Pinsky or something like that. Yeah, oh, that's the brunette right. woman? Yeah, well, she okay. was the one who had Lovitz kill... Yeah. Oh, but then Lovitz has sex with Oteri, who's the skinny uh, one that's, like, beating everyone up, the kind of redheaded-ish. Yeah. And she's the one who runs over the rollerblader because he's opting out. He's like, guys, I want no part of this. She's like, okay, go home, go home, go home. Splat. Yeah, I might have missed that part. Um... It happens. I didn't. Well, I, I didn't. I knew that happened. I just didn't know that uh, it was. Uh, it was her doing it. I guess. Oh yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. Oh, and I, we haven't said a lot of this. It takes place in memorable parts of Venice Beach. Yeah. Eventually, ends up in Santa Monica. Makes use of the Ferris wheel and the pier. So it's a. Uh, it's also a good travelogue of the of the Southland. Yeah, and it's interesting because this was made in 2006, and they've got all these things like they're having drop boxes around the city where you can drop this contraband material or, or drugs or whatever it is. And those things actually exist now, and they're starting to exist in like a digital format where it's like it's just a USB port and a brick wall, and you can go stick a, uh, a thumb drive into it and pull off, off of it whatever is in there. Whoa. So they're starting to have like information drop boxes. It's basically like an internet that's not actually connected to the internet. Where people can share files anonymously. Huh. Though, I mean, it's indexical in the fact that it was made beforehand. And it's kind of mirroring something that we are doing right now. Uh, yes. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to use the word indexical. Properly. For real. Well played. Okay, so, so yeah, what else? So that's what's going on with the neo-Marxists. Right, and, and poor Avon Barksdale gets shot for reals. Yeah, he gets for real shot. And who was that woman with him? It looked like Kathy Griffin with a lot of, lot of, lot of plastic surgery. Amy Poehler, much better than Kathy Griffin. Wait, that was Amy Poehler? Yeah. Wait, as the bride? Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought she had red hair. No, Amy Poehler's blonde. I know Amy Poehler's blonde. That's what I'm saying. I she thought was, the bride had blonde hair. She put on hair. a disguise. I know okay. the, uh, like he was putting on a nose, too. Oh yeah, because they both. Okay, put on... so they were wearing masks and wigs and stuff. Yeah, because they because yeah. they're famous. Yeah, it was really weird for their spoken word poetry. Right, which right. They're not. It but... was funny just seeing like Amy Poehler randomly in there, like just in general. <laughs> You're just like, oh, and Amy Poehler. Oh, and John Lovitz. Oh, and Avon Marksdale. Yeah, it's horrible is... that the black guy. I don't know his name. Name. <laughs> uh. But oh, then again, I don't know. Then again, I don't know Sherry O'Terry's name, so I guess I'm racist and sexist. Or you just don't know n- not very well-known actors. That's true, but I do know John Lovitz. But that dude's famous. Yeah, yeah Lovitz is well known. Lovitz is pretty well known. Yeah, I guess I don't know Sean Patrick Lent Scott Sean what that guy Stifler. I just know I mean, him as Stifler. Yeah, he he, well, he had a big <laughs> career back in back in the day. Uh you know, he's actually a more decent actor than people, I think, gave him credit for. I'm interested to see if he has 
what it, what he's like as an actor as a, an adult man. Okay, so my question man. was: Was the woman who gets obsessed with the screenplay and then starts acting out one of the roles in the screenplay because she'd been watching the camera feeds for like forty eight hours straight? Was that the actress who plays the uh, the crazy stalker lady on Flight of the Concords? The like the band's one fan. Oh no, that I didn't. I don't know who that was, but it definitely wasn't uh, what's her name, Shawl. Oh yeah, Kim Christine Shaw. Kristen Kristen Shaw. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just because she talks very distinctively, <laughs> I can't even do a Kristen Shaw. <laughs> I get. Why? Well, I just love you guys so much. I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Rob's gonna be in a movie where he plays a distraught housewife and say, "I don't like it." <laughs> this, this is dead air, people. Spin, spin. Come on, come on. Let's keep it going. What was dead air? We were just making funny noises. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I don't really have too much more to say because it's really hard to tie it all together in a bow. It's uh, it's a very scattered movie. That's kind of just an experience to watch. I would say. I would agree. And. uh Y'all should watch it. I mean, y'all should have watched it before we started this cast so that you could follow along with our incoherent ramblings. Ah, yes. So if you haven't watched it, watch it. And then re-listen to the podcast and then recommend it to all your friends. Also, tweet us at Carney Couch, C-A-R-N-Y Couch, and say, hey, uh, I listened to you guys. It was cool. I'm going to follow you and I'm going to tell my friends to listen to you. And I think you guys are really going to be really good and, like, really, really soon. That's either a valley girl <laughs> in a coma or uh, <laughs> a hipster of some kind. Yeah, I'm a valley girl, but, I mean, I had a lot of Botox today, so I can't really move my lips that far. So I kind of <laughs> sound like Polly Shore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the leaning power of Jesus. <laughs> Buddy. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, so um, should we go to Metacritical? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I should really leave these segment themes open so I don't have to click a billion things. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'll agree. I'm sorry, I'm like so... Metacritical Rob's never gonna win Metacritical Brady's the victor again So it's time to play I'm gonna lose today Metacritical Yeah, it's time Time to play Hey everybody, welcome to Metacritical, uh, where we watch Southland Tales this week, so I think we should do uh, uh, movies that have one-way time loops in them. Wow. Yeah? Uh, okay. It's pretty specific. Can you think of five movies? Five of them? Well, I mean, like, I guess the whole thing with Back to the Future is the time loop is one way until they fix the machine. Does that count? Or should it just be time travel movies? Let's go with that. Okay. Because, I mean, like... Um, Terminator one and two are both time travel one way, one way time travel things. Uh, I don't know. There's probably a whole bunch of other ones too. I need paper. 
You need paper. Well, there's paper right behind you on the printer tray there. So get up. Go over and get the paper. Get up. Here's a marker because you can't write with pens. And I'd give you a book, but I lent my monstrous manual, which usually makes a good writing tablet, uh, to Grandy. So we can play mm. Dungeons and Dragons later. Yeah, we're nerds. Can <laughs> you pass the, twe- the Cheetos? And uh, make sure you have orange and grapes out because I like to mix them. <laughs> uh, so should we start with Terminator 2? <laughs> sure. What do you think Metacritic score of Terminator 2 is, uh, Grandy? Metacritical's uh, 1 to 100, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, Terminator 2, 85. That's a good guess. Since Brady always wins, I'm going to make him go before me. Okay. Yeah, this is a hard one because that's like, what, 1990? So you never know how many reviews will be. It's in 1992. The uh, you're right. It is 92. Well, how do I know that? I don't understand how we know the years of movies. By forgetting other more important facts. <laughs> well, I think it, it's partially that. It's also par- partially that I was alive in 1992. And maybe yeah. for some reason I always would look at the back of the thing and find the copyright date. Did you do that? No. You no. just remember when it came out. And yeah, I mean, at this in. point, I, yeah, it, I I can remember it being... Honestly, I didn't see T2 until I was a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, I saw it when it came much. out on video maybe two years later. I saw it when I was 16, I want to say. I want to say I saw it earlier because my mom was out of town and I got to actually watch it. And it was on TV a whole lot when we were 16, 17. Yeah, Along that's with true. Like, pre- like They would have like an Arnold Schwarzenegger hour. Yeah, <laughs> True Lies. I mean, sorry, not hour, day, week. Yeah, it would always be like True Lies, Predator, uh, Terminator 1, Terminator 2, Kindergarten Cop, Total Recall. Yeah. You are one ugly motherfucker. So what's your guess? His was 85. My guess is... I'll go 77. 77. I'm going to go with 82. So we're all, we're all kind of clusterfucked here. Very... So is Metacritical, is that based off of the user reviews of the movies? No, or critic reviews, all average. Just the critics, though. Just the critics. Right on. That's yeah, right I mean, on. they have a, a user section, too. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Terminator 2, Judgment Day, 68. Oh. That's low. Don't that's you quite low, yeah. Yeah, that's low. That is low. Like, uh, this is a pretty well-received movie. It was considered relatively decently acted. And uh, the special effects were considered top of the line at the time. And they still hold up today, by the way. Oh, yeah. No, no. They're very good special effects. They're very effects. good. And, uh, yeah, you got good people in there. You got Robert Patrick. Is that his name? Uh, yeah, Robert Yeah, Patrick. Robert Patrick. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Linda Blair. Yeah. And then uh, who played the kid? Patrick Fugit. For some reason, I thought he was somehow related to River Phoenix. Nah. Nah. That kid was cool. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, another time travel movie. What about that computer one that we watched not long ago? What was that called? War Games? There was no time travel. War though. Games? No, the one with the machine that they put in the storage shed and it's oh, all the time loops. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a one-way time machine, too. That's a Primer. Primer, yeah, that's okay. it. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, Primer, that's a good one. That's, a, that's our number two. Uh, who got closest last time? I did. Brady, go first. Okay, primer, I'm going to go with an 82. 
Given that I think Terminator 2 should have gotten an 82 and it got a uh, 68, I'm going to go with 68. <laughs> I'll go with a uh, 55. Ooh, Grandy trying to get the, the prices right. Like trying to close lowball it. Going over. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I tried to get spot on. All right. Great movie, but I think a lot of people uh, would have to like really think about it to follow it. That'd be a 68. Oh, wow. Oh, spot on, Bullseye Rob. Rob. Yeah, I'm just going to keep guessing whatever the last score was. (laughs) Yeah, for some reason I thought it was higher than that. I mean, it should be, but I think a lot of people went like, oh, they just wrote a bunch of gibberish and this doesn't actually make sense. It's like, no, no, if you actually really study the entire timeline and the way it works, it d- it does cohesively make exact sense. But there's maybe seven or eight like different Abes <laughs> and different... And I mean, there's no way to know how many there are, but we all watched that, right? But we didn't cast on it, yeah? I wasn't with you guys. Oh, uh, right. It. So we couldn't. Kept us from Okay, uh, so what we have a primer and T2. Let's just do one of the Back to the Futures. Okay. So which one do we want to do? I vote for the third one. That's the last one, right? Yeah. The Old West. I can agree. Okay. Two to one, or maybe you would re- agree with us. Uh, no, no, I agree. I agree. Okay. Uh, I think that one is... I actually like that. That's my second favorite. Um, I like one, then three, then two. But um, I think the critics are going to find the love story hokey and not like Doc on the uh, hoverboard there at the end with Clara. So, and also the uh, the time engine floaty thing that comes by later on. These critics want Doc Brown to be happy. <laughs> no, no, they no critics want everyone to be as miserable as them. Suffer, uh, Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> and he has. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go with uh, fifty-two, and if somebody okay. breaks my prices right estimate, I will skin them alive, which I'm not object to as long as nobody wears the skin. <laughs> I'll go with just a uh, forty-five. <clears throat> I'm going to go with a 65. 55. Rob gets closest. Well, you better look out, Brady. I'm closest without going over. Oh, no, I think I think you're going to win this one, actually. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, that first one kind of hosed me. Okay, I've done... Oh, wait, no. Okay, so what, that's three movies we've done so that's far? That's three. Um, there's a little indie film starring Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec uh, called Safety Not Guaranteed, and it's about her interviewing a dude who says he's traveled in time and is making a time machine. It's a little romantic indie comedy mm-hmm. time travel movie. I've never heard year. of that. It's from a couple of years ago. I like Aubrey Plaza. She's cool. Yeah, I no, mean, no, I like, I, mean I like I like her persona as a actor in Hollywood as well. As a like detached hipster persona. No, I just mean like when she's just you know gets drunk at functions and just kind of goes like whatever. Yeah, she. But like she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't overdo it like Miley Cyrus. So it's like she was just seen drunk somewhere. But like her drunkenness equals uh, she was seen drunk as opposed to like. You know, started throwing the peace sign with the tongue in the middle and throwing chairs at at uh, Kristen Stewart and uh, 
uh, screaming that Bieber deserves a cannonball or a wrecking ball to his <laughs> to his Tesla. Yeah, I think like <laughs> take Zoe de Chanel and remove about five fucks, and you have Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> fucks to give, not nothing prurient. <laughs> <laughs> like so <laughs> you would. I'm sorry, were you saying that you would fuck Aubrey Plaza five less times than Zoe Deschanel? No, no, I'm saying... I don't think either Ab- one of them would like that statement, Brady. Aubrey Plaza gives five <laughs> less Oh, five fucks, fucks less than... Than Zoe Deschanel. Okay, I understand. So but you weren't being misogynist. They're both like beautiful, you- detached, like, hipster girls. Kind of quirky. Manic Pixie Dream Girls? They're yeah, going to save you? A little manic, but, uh, but I really like her in Parks and Rec. So yeah, me too. All right. Um, so, what year did that come out? 2012. So I was closest, say. so I have to guess. So Brady's like throwing a wrench in the works. He's like, Rob's catching up. I gotta f- fuck him up with this movie that he <laughs> hasn't seen, hasn't <laughs> heard of. Uh, that's very indie and probably doesn't have that many critical reviews. But no, it does. Movies I mean, like that are critical darlings, darlings, darlings. darlings. I'm gonna go 78. I'll go with the 85. I'm going to go with... It was well-reviewed, but it's also very modest. It's like a little movie. Uh, I think it's <laughs> 69. <laughs> <laughs> titter, titter, titter. 72. 72. What I guess? 78. Damn. What'd you guess? Close. 69. <laughs> Closer. <laughs> All right, so we're on our fifth one now. Yes, Question. Another time travel movie. The Time Traveler, starring Guy Pierce. You mean that that's the time machine? Isn't oh, it? yeah, that's the time machine. The Morlocks and the Eloys? Yeah, there sure. probably wouldn't be enough reviews on the 1935 time machine, right? Nah, but the 2000s-ish one would have. Okay. It's not a very good You movie. were closest. Uh, I was closest. All right, I, I remember not thinking this was very good. Uh, Samantha Mumba. Yeah, she was like Irish R and B singer. They're like Starbursts, but you get more of them per and more packaging. Mm. Mm, Fuck yeah. you, Mother Earth. Mamba's got more packaging. <laughs> <laughs> I I think this got bad reviews. I think it's like a thirty-five. All right, um, I'm tempted to go fifty-five, but I'm not going to. Uh, but that's just a good middle score. I'm gonna go with forty-five. I'm going to take the, the thing I should do and then do 10 less because I think that'll keep me within the realms to beat Brady again. Yeah, I think well, you're there. Your turn, Grandy. I'll split the difference and just go with uh, 40. <laughs> He's like, I'll split the difference and go with 97. <laughs> 42. 42. Ah, okay. You're quite close. Yeah, I was uh, within three, I think, on like three of those. Yeah, I think that might add up to a victory on your yeah, score. What are those, what are those numbers, those. Brady? What are those All right, numbers? let me crunch them. 
Brady's crunching numbers. Grandy, how do you get your hair to do that thing? Uh, I'm not sure what thing you're referring to. Oh, just all wispy and blonde. Oh, uh, like a surfer dude. That's just what it does. I, you have blonde hair. Talk about that. Don't do much, <laughs> much to do with it at all. Sorry, I just, I just thought turnabout was fair play because everybody goes, "You have red hair." Why? I go, recessive genes. And they go, oh, you're so cute, except you said it in a cute boy voice and you're 31. So either you're severely challenged or you're just a dick. Anyway, you got those numbers, Brady? I got them. Uh, pretty close game, all things considered. Uh, Grandy's got negative 55. I've got negative 43. The absolute value. Rob <laughs> wins with negative 26. Whoa, that's your first victory, isn't it, Rob? No, no, he's a second. Ah, he's third, logged, maybe. logged a handful at this point. I'm metacritical. In your face, Brady! <laughs> <laughs> Look at how delighted he is. <laughs> he used to drop. <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, uh, um, ah, yeah. What are we doing next week? <laughs> Uh, or do we have more things we want to say? I don't know. Where are we time-wise? Uh, enough. Um, next week. I'm throwing the station agent in again. Station <laughs> agent. <laughs> I'm throwing it in. Peter Dinklage. Tyrion Lannister. He's really good. It sound, and The way you were saying it, it sounded like you were throwing it in your ass. You're like, I'm throwing the station agent again. <laughs> yep. I would never do that to Peter Dinklage <laughs> without his permission. <laughs> um, so you want to do the station agent? I do want to do that sometime, but maybe not next week. So uh, good. I think next week we're doing the Babadook because it's oh this, this is getting dropped oh back. Fuck time paradox. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because because we we slotted this one in a couple weeks ago, and we've done Baba Duke and Cedar Sings the Blues now, so it doesn't really matter what we want to do next week. We already said what we're doing next doesn't time. Matter. We're doing um the future can't be changed. Yeah, it's always going to we're going to drop this guy in. It's going to be our latest one, and then the next one that hasn't been released after Baba Duke and Cedar Sings the Blues is going to be the Page Master. Oh, that's right. So this this Culkin. is episode like forty three, I think. I'm trying to remember this game. Okay, well onward into the past. Yes. Uh three, two, one Vera. <laughs> yeah, Vera. <Things laughs> like, I'm gonna put her rar drop at the end. drop at the end. Anyway, uh how do I do this? This get out of here thing. Hey. Hey. I said do it. <laughs> Carnivorous couch, shit happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch, with Brady and Rob. Ow. <laughs> <laughs>